0: Welcome, everyone, to It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, the podcast with four different flavors coming from four different gamers. I'm your host, Nick Irwin, and I want to welcome my co-hosts, Shane Eisterhold, Patrick Smith, and Russell Rowe. Hey, Patrick, where can they find us?
1: Well, the first place you should check out is our website at ItTastesDifferent.com. This is the place where you can subscribe to all of our streams and connect to all of our social media sites. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at ItTastesDifferent. Uh, we're also on Instagram uh, at it tastes different PC, and then last but not least is Twitter, where you can find us at it tastes diff.
0: What's on the menu for dessert? We break out the 3D Doritos and squeeze the squeezits with nostalgic video games. In this episode, we're talking about retro games, old games, games that we remember and games that we enjoy, as well as those games nowadays that are worth quite a lot of money. Some that are mediocre, that are worth a lot, and those that are rare and worth quite a bit of money. And maybe even some that we probably owned as kids that nowadays we wish we still had because they are worth a lot of money. <laughs> I remember for myself as a kid, I had you know, a lot of the games that are uh, sought after, that are really rare for Nintendo and Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 and all those different consoles I used to own as a kid Uh, Now I'm trying to get that Those games back Personally uh, In my collection of video games And you know I wish I would have Kept them but It is what it is when you're a kid you know you don't think About that stuff you just think I'll just get rid of it I'm gonna get the next thing Who cares but as you get Older you get nostalgic for that stuff And you want to start playing those games again So First I want to send it over to you guys to see, you know, uh, just a general feel of what games for you in your childhood and growing up was nostalgic for you. Uh, What games did you feel that, you know, you wish you could play again or that you have purchased again, possibly, um, that you do play a lot or that you do spend time with? And we'll start there and then we'll kind of start going into the more uh, rare and expensive games. So... Pat, I'll go ahead and send it off to you first. What's the games that you remember playing as a kid and that you wish you could still play today or the ones that maybe you still play? Uh,
1: You know, I grew up, you know, I played a lot of Nintendo and stuff like that when I was a younger kid, but what I remember mostly playing a lot of is like the Sega series type stuff. I had Sega CD type when I was a kid and I played a lot of that with my dad, so that's kind of more nostalgic for me. I remember playing trade-off with my dad where we would play like Sega CD games or he'd come sit in the room and we would just play games and he'd play for a little while and then I'd play for a little while so those are nostalgia for me the this the like I said the Sega CD games and stuff like that when I was younger it was always Nintendo but when I was that young my dad was in the military my my Nintendo would disappear when my dad went on guard duty because he would take the Nintendo with him on guard duty and so you know that that type of stuff but so Sega CD uh, I, I really would like to get another Sega CD, but I can't afford a Sega CD. Uh, they are super expensive, and a lot of times, really, the only thing you find is like the 32X, and they're wanting anywhere from a couple hundred to $300 for a 32X. So that's usually out of my price point for the nostalgia-type thing. Because I would like to get uh, Rise of the Dragon again, I think it was the name of it, uh, where you were kind of like a detective and stuff like that, a detective back in there. Uh, super Nintendo, also. A lot, of, a lot of classic games that I remember Super Nintendo. So that was the era of nostalgia for me that I would like to get a hold of. I myself own only, only the style, only retro console that I really own is the Nintendo 64. Uh, but I don't have it hooked into anything because I don't have a really nice converter for my TV. I have a couple of mini consoles, but, uh, you yeah. know, the, the games are also kind of expensive. It's hard for me to buy a 30 or $60 game from the 80s. So Yeah. yeah. You know, I Batman Forever on Super Nintendo, that was a fun game. I think kinda goes for a lot, especially if you get like the the you know, the the certain versions of it. So some games make sense to me on why they were expensive and some just don't.
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember playing a lot of Sega C D. My my I didn't have a a lot of the Sega consoles, but my cousin, he lived next door to us when I was a kid and he had I had all the Nintendo consoles and he had all the Sega consoles. So I'd go over there and play Sega or he'd come over to my place to play Nintendo stuff. So we kind of had that realm, you know, secured in both of our environments. Uh, but I remember playing a lot of Sega CD and a lot of three thirty-two 32 X and a lot of uh, Sega Saturn. I, I love the Sega Saturn. Uh, like I said, he had the Sega Saturn. So I'd go over there and play that play, you know, shining force or whatever game he had for that. But, uh, yeah, it's weird that those particular consoles are so expensive. You wouldn't think something like the Sega CD or the 32X would be as expensive as they are. Because, I mean, you know, and really when you, you think about it, it's like, why are they so expensive? You know, is it more the nostalgia type thing? Is it, it? I don't think it's really a rarity type thing. Because, you know, if you are looking for a Sega CD or a 32X, they typically aren't that hard to find. I usually, you know, if I'm really looking for one, I could probably find one pretty easily, either online or for our area. We you know for where we're at, you know, there's a local game store, uh, a mom and pop game store that has those things, Uh, but they still are expensive. So it's just kind of odd that, you know, they are easy to find items, but they're so expensive. Russ, what's the games that you grew up with and played?
2: Well, being that I am a a few years older than the two of you, um, you know, uh. Atari 2600, of course, was the first console I owned. Uh, I remember getting that at six years old. Uh, I remember the first time I flipped the score over in Asteroids, which for some of you all should know that that's a pretty big deal back in the day. But, you know, when you guys are getting into that era where you're talking about uh, the 64 and the sega saturn and um and those that's kind of a um, a lull in my gaming period i got my nintendo a little bit later um and for me the nintendo was meaning things like double dribble i mean oh my goodness i probably played double dribble like it it i'm sure i wore out my copy of that baseball Mm -hmm. stars 2 it was like the first game you could create your own "quote unquote" character or your own your, your own baseball player, and so you know you'd make yourself the best baseball player ever. And, and and getting into those games were really that's where I was. I was playing a lot of sports in high school, and so during that time that that those consoles came out, I was playing a lot of sports games. Uh, Madden was coming out, you know, Bases Loaded Two. Those are games that gosh, I could just remember playing. Hours and hours. And and I think all of us would, would take that moment in time, too, to say, where were you? Where were you when you beat Super Mario Brothers? I mean, every one of us has a story of that. And so for me, that's, a, that's what I go back to. And I talk about, I would think I was in the third grade. Uh, my friend, of course, had a Nintendo. I did not at, yet at the time. And I was sick, so I had to stay over. Uh, my mother was working, so I had to stay over there and I played with both Mario and Luigi so that I could have the most maximum amount of time to try to beat I was like I'm going to beat this game and sure enough I did beat it and I beat it with Luigi of all things uh so that was a big memory for me and that's really where my retro gaming comes from uh when it comes to you know PS1 uh I didn't get that um until until I went to the military actually uh, is when I finally got a PS1 and again madden and stuff like that so when we talk about nostalgia games i'm probably the most different flavor we have because i played a lot of sports games uh and that's where my retro experiences come but uh shane what about you man
3: oh well since you're so much older than i am my start was uh, all right i'm older than you uh, my start just like you man atari 2600 pitfall oh my god pitfall the heck out of that game uh, stupid Scorpions always got me, jumping over holes, swinging down vines. We didn't have a whole lot of money, but we were lucky enough to get one. And then we got the uh, Nintendo when it came out, uh, thanks to our Grandma. grandma. Um, and, of course, Duck Hunt, Mario. God, I love me some Mario. But for a sports game, Russ, I, I was a sports game player back then. Did you ever play caveman games? It was like the Olympics, but with cavemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the like uh, shot put thing, instead of a shot put, you grabbed your uh, cave woman and you swung her around and tossed her over a T Rex. It was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, you know, I played a lot of Nintendo. Nintendo was my hook. Nintendo what really got me hooked. And then uh, you know, system come out a new Mario. I'm a huge Mario fan. Uh, but i would love to see another game like caveman games come out because it was just so different and so freaking hilarious to play that uh it was you know it was just a rarity to find a game with that kind of humor at the time but far as uh my old retro games each system was kind of different playstation one metal gear solid final fantasy 8 playstation 2 oh god I uh, definitely God of war and then so forth and Nintendo. Uh, well, Mario, 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 Mario. <laughs> so uh, when it comes to the old games, I stick to the classics, but there's a few rarities like came games. I'd like to see more of.
2: Do you remember track and field?
3: Oh, yes.
2: That, that would went... add the pad and you put it on the <laughs> floor and you'd pound on yeah. the floor. Cause you want to go fast as like, it'd be like, you'd be like, Pound on the floor as fast as you can, raise your hands because you do the yep. hurdles, and all you'd hear that.
3: <laughs> yeah, we had an apartment uh, at that time, and uh, we were close to eviction many a game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of like sports games, you know, I didn't play a ton of sports games, but some of the ones, I mean, me and my friends would play more of the arcadey sports games like NFL Blitz. Or uh, for the NES, you know, Blades of Steel, which is a really good uh,
2: NHL hockey uh, game. Oh, please. Konami was the bomb. They had Double Dribble and Blades of Steel. Oh, yeah.
0: I played Double Dribble, too. That was a great basketball game. So, you know, I didn't own those personally, but I had friends that were big into those sports titles. And I would go over there and we'd play. And it was a lot of fun. And and Tecmo Bowl. Oh, I love Tecmo Bowl. Uh, Me and my dad used to play that all the time.
3: I was waiting for somebody to mention Tecmo but you can't forget uh, NBA Jam either. He's on fire.
1: Oh, yeah. That's my sports genre. I don't play a lot of sports games. But, yeah, NBA Jam was about what I played in the Mutant League series. That's about as much uh, sports games
0: as I play. (laughs) Yeah, I played a lot of Mutant League as well. That was a really fun game, uh, football-style game.
2: Yeah, but you guys probably like Zelda or something, right? I mean, like, that was one game that I kind of missed out uh, on really enjoying. Of course, yeah. I mean, Zelda was, is
0: a classic. And, yeah, i played the crap out of Zelda. I've played every single Zelda I think they've ever made. So. <laughs> Even yeah, the Zelda. knockoff ones or the side. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe not the CDI ones. I don't think I've ever played those. But um, definitely the ones that, you know, on the... DS, and uh, all the Nintendo consoles, and, uh, those types of Zelda games. Even the Hyrule Warriors one, which is not made by Nintendo. It's, I think, Koei or whatever. The Dynasty Warriors uh, group that makes that one. Which they're actually making a new one. So
3: Sequel, yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah. Which I didn't care for the Hyrule Warriors. It, I don't know. It wasn't Zelda for me.
0: No, those are more Destiny. Those are more uh, Dynasty uh, Warriors, which... You know, that that type of game. Yeah, you know, big armies and button mashing. If you like that type of game, you know. But it's set in Zelda and Hyrule and all that and Link. So, you know, if you like those types of games, then, hey, you know, more power to you. Those games exist. You know, I'm not a big into those. I'll play it just because it is, you know, uh, Zelda and, and it is Link and it is that whole atmosphere and environment and i just want to play it just to be a part of it but so this new one i'll probably end up getting i'm sure as well just to try it out but it, yeah those are not those are not particularly my type of games either so i'm not really big into the dynasty warriors type uh games but oh well it is what it is
2: so what about uh what <laughs> yeah. about old what, one more game I, I wonder if y'all remember uh faxana do remember that one <laughs> did, did everybody ever play that one
3: Oh Oh, yes, I did.
0: That was in my top five. That's right, it was. Yeah, that was in my top five. Yeah, my my me and my dad. That game is really nostalgic for me. One, I love that game. uh, First off, I I actually beat it recently, not too long ago. Maybe well, it's been a little while now. Maybe like five months ago or so, but I beat it again. But I remember when I was a kid that was one that me and my dad, we didn't purchase it, but we rented it from the video store and we rented it several nights. And we, I remember we had the passwords written down and then we rented (laughs) again and me and him would just play through it and we finally beat it. And, you know, and that was back in the day when you didn't have the internet to figure out where to go, because that game is confusing. Like as you start getting later on the levels, it's, it's almost like the, the stages and stuff are almost like a maze. You can't figure out where you're supposed to go and which direction you're supposed to go. And, you know, certain doors take certain keys and you don't know that you need to purchase that key before you leave the town. You know, it doesn't say anything about that. You know, maybe there's an NPC that says something about it, but you don't know that. And so, you know, maybe we had Nintendo Power, but <laughs> I don't know if I had that uh episode or that uh, piece of Nintendo Power that had Faxanadu in it. So yeah, we would just play I mean I mean we turned that game. That game, you know, if you play it with a strategy guide to know where to go that play that game's probably like a six hour game. Right. But I mean, for us, it was like almost a week worth of play because <laughs> we just didn't know where to go, you know? And so we had our dude all powered up and yeah. So it's, that has a lot of nostalgia for me for that fact. And, and the fact that I really liked that game. Yeah,
3: that was definitely, see, you were lucky that your dad did that stuff. My dad, you know, he was a truck driver. He just, you know, country boy, he didn't get all that fangled technology, you know. He was our little league, you know, coach and stuff like that. So it's it's cool that your dad was into those things with you. When my dad saw us playing, he just look at us, thank God, what a waste of money, and walk away. <laughs> right. But you know, but you know, it it is cool that you know your dad's into that. But you know, my dad never shunned me for it because I'm the only one of my brothers that that are into the games, but. But those classic ones from back in my youth, I could, I would love to go back and play some more.
2: There is even like a couple of PC games um, back in the day. You know, like, uh, like the original Doom. I mean, I can remember playing the original Doom on a three eighty six. I can't remember. Maybe it was even Doom Two that we were playing on, and and we literally stayed up for like eighteen hours and played that game straight and. Is it Doom Two that's got the big monster in the end where you have to shoot him in the mouth with the uh, rocket launcher? I cannot remember for the life of me. It's been that long, but we literally stayed on customer service line to find out how to kill that end <laughs> boss. <laughs> like it was we were like, we can't kill him and then they told us. I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I can't imagine that happening nowadays. I mean, of course with the internet and everything like that, but like I remember playing that and, and just I mean, I think, I like I said, we lost a whole day to that game.
0: Oh, yeah. I played a lot of Doom, too. Doom was one of the original PC games that I had actually played. I remember I went over to a buddy's house, or it was my actually my brother's friend's house, and they had Doom on the PC, and they went out to play football outside, and I I was sitting behind the computer (laughs) inside playing Doom because I'd never played it before, and, man, I was infatuated with that game. (laughs) But you know speaking of the hotline you remember the nintendo hotline remember they used to have uh, wasted that? wasted many a many a uh, minute on there you could call them to figure out how to beat a certain level or whatever or you know get through a certain area of any type of game you know the 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 information those people would needed to have because I mean, you know nothing was out at that time so you think about all the maps and guides and stuff that that everyone had You know, and thinking of of that type of stuff, too, you think of strategy guides. Man, I used to have a ton of strategy guides. And one of the things I loved about strategy guides back in the day was just looking through them. Because it had a bunch of art and, you know, secrets for the game and stuff all within the strategy guides. You know, I don't even know if they make strategy guides anymore, maybe. Yeah, the old Prima guides. I don't even know if they make strategy guides anymore, but I mean, they may for some games. But I, I used to. Yeah, just I think they've all moved
1: digital online because I think Prima's still around, but they're the older ones that I remember—the old Prima guides back in the day.
3: Oh yeah, I used to go up to uh, Walmart, walk up there, and sit there and read the guide, the entire thing, write things down, and then go home <laughs> and then try them out.
1: Yeah, I couldn't afford a Prima. Yeah, they were kind doing... of
0: expensive. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I remember doing that too, going up there and. You know, either it was either the Prima Guide or you know just uh, Game Pro or EGM or Nintendo Power. You know, you didn't have the money for it, but I remember you know going to Walmart you know with my parents and go, you know while they were shopping, I go over to the magazine rack and pick up one of the Nintendo Powers or one of the EGMs or Game Pros or something because I knew in that episode they had something about a game that I was playing. And a strategy for it. So yeah, I would do the exact same thing. You to look through it and write it down or just kinda of remember it. Like, okay, yeah, that's how you get through it. And then put it back on the shelf. You know. <laughs> or at least I would try to buy it, you know, be like, Man, hey, I get this, you know, <laughs> to get this magazine 'cause it's got it's got the strategy in it.
3: Yeah, I, I I remember uh when the internet was uh going to the libraries and man, I'd go up there, it's like, all right. I cost me 10 cents. I can go to this website, print out all these cheat codes and maps and all this crap, 10 cents a page. I did that a lot too.
1: <laughs> yep. It's so easy now just to look things up online while you're playing the game. Cause you got your computer, your phone with you. Oh, not, yeah. not that back in the day, you had to run up to Walmart or something or a little local <laughs> store and look through the Prima guide real quick. Like I'm stuck.
3: <laughs> oh God. I hated being stuck. And, you know, but I think that's one thing that's weakened us as gamers is, now information is so easily obtained, it, you're not working as hard for, uh, you know, for those goals. Uh, what am I doing wrong? Oh, let me just check Google.
1: Well, I mean, it, to some to some extent, it's helped <laughs> games. I think because you can you can play these. They can put out these games that are massively difficult because you're mm-hmm. missing a single little mechanic in the game, and you can use Google as your friend to see what other people are doing. You're like, oh, that's what I'm doing wrong, or I need to try this. So, yeah the old school video games are fun for me, but I, the price point and cost is prohibited for me to get back into the nostalgia video games. Cause if I want a, a retcon co- console, that'll play all of them or just play a select few, it's expensive. And then if I want to go back and start collecting old cartridges or CDs, I'm paying, you know, anywhere from depending on the cartridge or CD, but if it's the nostalgia games that I like, and I remember they're not cheap. They're not the $5 loose cartridge that you're going to find at the game store. They're the $20, <laughs> the $40, or the $60 cartridge that you got to buy. Because I would love to play Majora's Mask again, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Buy a copy of it and have a copy of it and, and and stuff like that. You know, I would like to buy that again. But you're looking at a $40 to $60 loose cartridge game right there.
3: Oh, yeah. we were uh, Last time we were all out there at uh, Game World, they had uh... – Super Mario Sunshine for it's like fifty four something. They had the system, the GameCube, for fifty nine something. It's like really, really I could buy an electronic device to play it on for two dollars more, four dollars more, whatever it is. It's I don't get the pricing on that. And it's a great game and I want it badly, but I can't I can't see myself spending, you know, almost the same price as it was new.
1: Right, so that's my biggest that's my biggest hindrance to nostalgia is first I gotta buy the console, then I either need to find myself a TV at a yard sale to play it on, or I need to buy an expensive converting <laughs> box to make it look good because I want to play it on a big TV. Um, so you know that's my it's price price right now is it nostalgic nostalgia video game the video games that are for nostalgia and stuff like that retro gaming is expensive. Um, it costs probably more to do that than to actually do the regular gaming that I do now. So it's a little bit prohibitive of a hobby for me, uh, or else I would have a copy of each console and a bunch of games for it. So I usually spend mine on new games and new new things like that. So it's harder for me to to justify that. Like I said, I have a Nintendo 64 sitting here, controllers in bag, everything. I just I you know, I plugged it into my TV and it looks like garbage. So I'm like, uh, oh, need a <laughs> converter. So, you know, that kind of stuff just is a hindrance to me. I want to play it. Uh, so I'm stuck buying the minis or you know the all the consoles that they put out that have a bunch of old-school games with an emulation running behind it like I have the I have the the mm-hmm. Genesis mini and the, and the, the Nintendo minis you know and I'm just like ah, I it, it's not the same I want to buy a Nintendo and put cartridges in it Yeah. <laughs> you know?
3: yeah well you know me and Nick got lucky that day you know we found these Crts and it's so much uh, it's just so much better to just pop them in, you know, plug it in, play. I mean, you don't have to worry about any fancy cords, any of that crap. You just plug and play. I love it. Plus, you get the old uh, scan lines.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely the way to go. You got to get the old CRT. You know, they have the converter boxes and and things like that that you can buy, but those things are expensive. Exactly what you just said. And, you know, even the retro consoles, you know, again... Going back to when you're talking about the Sega CD and the Sega Saturn and, and 32X, you know, why are those consoles so expensive? It's not like you can't find them. We could definitely find them, you know, that retro store Shane was talking about. We could go up there and get those things, <laughs> right? They're there. Yeah. So, it's not like it's difficult, but you know, why are those so expensive? Which brings me into the next point of our talk here. Is about games that are expensive. You know, ones that are expensive and not that rare. And then some that are expensive and rare, right? So for the ones that are expensive and rare, we understand why they're expensive because they're rare. But then you have those games that aren't expensive or that are expensive, I'm sorry, uh, but aren't that rare. One, you know, looking at a list of kind of some games that are easy to find but are worth quite a bit of money is we have uh, Outrun 2016 Coast to Coast for the Xbox, the original Xbox, can be up to $150. You know why is that game worth that much? Um, it you know Outrun's a popular, it's an older series. You know I remember Outrun back in the day, and 2016 is definitely going to be a newer version of that particular game. But it's probably not that popular of a game, you know, and it probably didn't get that great of a, you know, review score or reviews back in the day. So, why is that game so popular, or why is that game so expensive? Is it hard to find? I don't know if I've ever found this particular game out in the wild. I really wasn't looking for it. So, have I seen it before? It's possibly been there, but why is it one hundred and fifty dollars? That part I don't understand. Right. No. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of games that are like that. I mean. You know, we all—I guarantee you—we all played and we all had a copy of the Nintendo 64 uh, Clay Fighters. The sculptor yep. that game, the sculptor's cut version of it, was just—you know—that yeah. game is worth, of you know, like a five hundred to five hundred dollars to a couple of grand if you got an unsealed copy. Uh, if it's unsealed, it's like five hundred dollars, and everybody had a copy of that, and you could still find it. I just don't understand how that game was one of those games that's. Uh, you know worth so much money because you can usually find a couple of copies running around at most used game stores uh, retro game stores
3: yeah i mean it's i think i think the rarity obviously makes a difference but those games that really aren't that rare i i think it's just because of pop popularity of that game you know the more you know the more people demanding it the higher the prices are going to be but I think right. some is getting way out of hand. Just Wait, completely right. bonkers.
1: I mean, when you walk into a game store and they have two or three copies, but each copy's 80 bucks plus to me, it yeah. doesn't seem like it's worth the money. Uh, you know, it's, I just don't get that when you walk in and you can find, I can go online and find five and six copies being sold on either eBay or, or any, any service out there and go into my local retro game store and find three or four copies. Why it's so expensive. And those three or four copies will never move, because nobody's paying five hundred dollars for that. They're just—you may come into that one person who really has to have that and pays that five hundred dollar price tag, or even even that eighty or hundred dollar price tag. Because you know, when we go into when we go into Game World, I'll look around and I and I keep my eye on a couple of few games, and I'm pretty sure it's the same copy I go in there every time that's never moved, like that. <laughs> they have that thirty-two mat, that thirty-two X that's in there. I think it's the same one that's been coming in there ever since I go in there. That's just ridiculously priced, and I'm like, no, you know. So I, I, think that I don't know if they actually sell it and replace it with a new one, or if they got a stock in the back. But I swear it's the same one every time I go in there.
0: Yeah, I, I it, 100% agree that you know some of these places sell those games. You know, online it shows that. Oh, this is worth that much, so they sell it for that much, but yeah, no one goes in and buys it. You know there's been especially in game world, which we were talking about, there's been a lot of games I've seen up there since the first day we came in there, they're still sitting there. they'll never get sold you're You're selling them for you know two three hundred dollars, and that's how much they go for. But guess what they're gonna sit on that shelf forever. Until you get that one person that's got the money that's going to go in there and buy that because they think they need it, but otherwise it's just going to sit there. You know, I, mean, I don't know if they're banking on, you know, that one person to come in there that one day to buy that one thing, or, or what. I mean, even though they are worth that, you know, the whole point of a business is to sell your stock and restock. So it's really yeah. weird to see that.
2: It was did, it yes. last last year that we went to St. Louis and we uh we went to that little like uh, flea market and there were games there that were anywhere from three hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars. The the Nintendo sixty four games, the Super NES games, uh those games were like just outrageous. It was it was I'm not saying that if I had the money would I or wouldn't I? I mean I probably wouldn't because though they are wonderfully nostalgic, I, I still have an issue paying what Back in the day, it was a twenty nine ninety nine game, you know, spending, you know, two hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah, Mo Game Con. Oh yeah. We went to Mo Game. That was Mo Game Con that we went to. But yeah, it is hard. I mean,
1: I I've, I've looked to buy. You know, for me, one of the games it's it's nostalgia. It has no value. Uh, you know, it has no intrinsic value for me besides nostalgia. And it's a it's a game that I wanted when I was a kid for Sega called uh, General Chaos. Um. I remember asking my grandma for that game forever because I saw like an ad in one of the game magazines for it, and I just had to have it, had to have it. We went to all these little game stores. It wasn't very popular. Nobody ever seemed to have it, and I remember my grandma going and finding some. I don't even know where she bought it from. I, you know, she we lived on off a military base, and she found some online, not online, but like call-in retailer that she called in and gave her credit card number to. And it took like three or four weeks to ship, but I felt so bad that I thought she wasted her money. And it was it to me, it's just that whole process of her trying to find me this video game, General Chaos. And and so to me it has no value except for like that. And it's I think you can usually find it used for about ten to twenty bucks, but I just I wanna get a copy of it just for that. But every time I go to find it, I like these GameCon convention, because it's not a very it wasn't a very widely popular game. They have them for forty, fifty bucks. When we were at Mo' Game Con. I saw used copy, loose copies for like thirty bucks, forty bucks. And I'm like, no, it's like ten, twenty dollars game at best. When I, because I can find online online auctions for that. But I just, I want to pick up a, a copy that's, you know, that I put my hands on first to see it, you know. So it's that type of thing. I think if you go into a place that, that's their business, they're going to try to get top dollar out of it, just because they say, hey, that person's in this store to buy this. So we're gonna get something out of it, you know. Like going to Mo Game Con, everything there was, everybody knew what the cost of the thing was because that's what everybody was there for. So they just jacked it up a little bit more. Because uh, I noticed that's how a lot of them were. They were right at what top price was for most of those
0: games. I agree. That's that's definitely what they were doing, you know. And is that price based on nostalgia or, you know, is that price based on rarity? You know, some for some games it is based on rarity. Uh, For some games, I think it's more based on nostalgia. Uh, Some of the other games that, you know, are pretty common, but are worth quite a bit. I'm just going to go through a few here. Uh, Futurama on the Xbox, original Xbox, can be up to $150. For what? (laughs) That game game
1: wasn't popular or any of that stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think they
3: probably printed that many of that game because... You know, Futurama was a niche, uh, niche series, a niche show. It was popular with you know people like us, but uh, it was not a mass show. But it was popular just enough to probably slap a few crappy games out. Um, you know, so I could kind of see why, but not that much, definitely. No.
0: Yeah, and for that game, you know, the 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 PS2 version is even more. It can sell up to two hundred sixty dollars pop for the PS2 version. So. <laughs>
1: Well, Again, oh Lord. that's that's some strange stuff. I mean, I have seen strange stuff like that. I mean, if you look at current trends, I mean, some things make sense. Like, you know, you guys remember the Steel Battalion game from Capcom? Oh, yes. I think that thing, if you can find it as a complete unit, usually goes for about $600 plus normally, you know. But that comes with, like, that was the battle, the, the, the whole thing. It came with the foot pedals and the joysticks and the controllers and all that. So I can see right. why that's $600. But then when you look at, you know, one of the things that always surprises me is, uh, it's a very popular game that people still play today, Fortnite. You can get a, yeah. physical, unopened copies of that game sell for over $1,000 because they don't sell physical copies of that game anymore. So the 2017 physical copy of Fortnite, you can get $1,000 for it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I've, I, I've seen auctions for it, and I'm like, no, it's a current game. Why would I give you $1,000 for a physical copy of a game? Oh yeah. I, I don't know if there was just that low of a... Of a of a sell of that physical playstation copy uh you know from twenty seventeen but I cannot see that something that new being worth a thousand dollars
3: oh yeah, well, I just looked for your steel battalion controller, and on eBay two thousand dollars two thousand dollars wow. my God,
1: I know they only released like the limit- the number was extremely limited on that steel battalion, so
0: I remember a buddy of mine was going to get the the foot pedal and controls and stuff, and he was. I on, had it. It was only two fifty. Was it you? Maybe it was you. I was thinking it was my buddy Nathan, but it may have been you that was getting it. I can't remember, but I remember that someone was going to get it, regardless. And they ended up not getting it in the end. They ended up just getting, I think, just the game itself, which still Battalion wasn't really that great of a game, anyway. No, but the collector's
1: um, favorite was yeah, because of the yeah. P, you know. But yeah, if you can get that, supposedly it's worth a lot of money, but
0: Right. Yeah. And you know, they even show the World of Warcraft Collectors Edition. Uh I got the one.
1: I got one of those on my shelf.
0: For for uh for PC from two thousand f from two thousand and four can be up to four thousand three hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, I think that's new in box and still sealed. It mine. seems
0: to be like the limited edition version. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, I have the collector's edition, the one that looks like a giant book. I have that. Yeah, with many Of them. But they're all open, yeah. they're all used. The 4,000 price tag on those are usually unopened with codes intact. But right. you know, I, yeah. I have those sitting on my shelf because I, I bought those when they came out. I'm like,
2: I got to have the collector's edition. So uh, so just to be
3: safe, are... which shelf?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, the, some of those actually, those unboxed ones, even, even if it's everything is intact, uh, original CDs, the whole nine yards, those World of Warcraft collector editions can go up to as much as $700, uh, depending on, on on that. But another one, um, I was thinking about two, Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, uh, sealed copies of those are going for about $500, you know, it, that's they would be great to have, but at the same time, like, There's so many emulators out there and stuff like that that are just about as good as as the originals that um, I just, golly, $500 just for a a sealed copy is just crazy to me.
3: Yeah, but uh, uh, an emulator is, you know, it's like a kit car. It's not the real deal. It's not the the thing you fell in love with, you know, 30 years ago.
1: Yeah, you you don't get to blow into the cartridge and smack it around to shove it in to see if it works.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Unless it's a... Forward.
1: Yeah, degrade the contacts from spit all over time, so <laughs> then they just get worse as time goes on. You're not doing anything to help it, but it, it seems to work if you blow on it like three times and smack the left side twice, and stick oh, yeah. it in, it works. <laughs> right. But it, yeah, that's the whole thing is getting physical copies, I guess, is what it what it what it boils down to is the collection. And I, and I would agree, I would love to have a wall of retro consoles and retro games, but I just I don't have that kind of money.
0: Right. And most of those people that buy those boxed-in sealed copies aren't going to open them, right? No. They'll go out. They'll buy a boxed-in sealed copy of a game, and they'll keep it boxed and sealed and everything like that. And then they'll, you know, if they really want to play the game, they'll either emulate it, like Russ said, or they'll go out and buy just loose cart, you know, of the game, just some crappy version of it somewhere you know the label's half ripped off and they yeah. don't really care they just want to play it right in some games this don't make sense to me like uh hunting ground or haunting ground sorry from capcom uh is on playstation 2 that game it can be sold for up to 300 dollars. now that game world that we talk about they have a copy of this game this game is not hard to find i've found it several times not just that game world i've seen it in numerous places But they all want the same price for it. And it's like, but why? Because if you look at the reviews for that game, it didn't do very good. It got mediocre scores. So, again, it's one of those titles that, like, you know, maybe it was just not, you know, maybe they didn't make a lot of copies of it. And that may be the reason why it's it's priced more, because there just wasn't that many copies produced. So that makes it rare, but it's not like I haven't found it. And uh, there's another one, I think, I can't remember if it's Capcom or someone else, but called Ruler Rose. And again, that Game World has the copy of it, and <laughs> they're selling it for. I remember, I think the last time I looked at it, it was like three or four hundred dollars. And it's not like it's hard to find; it's just expensive to buy. So,
1: right, yeah, that kind of reminds me of like you know one of the games I liked was Harvest Moon. The one it came out on the was a Super Nintendo. That game's always expensive. Every time I find it, I'm like, oh, that'd be a great Super Nintendo game to own. But it's always, always ridiculously expensive, and and it's, it's. I guess it's not as common. I don't know if it was. I think it was. It it was a game that came out, kind of. I think at the changeover when Super Nintendo was on the way out, and we already had the new one. I can't remember the whole whole thing behind it. But every time I go to look for it, I'm like, why is this so expensive? And I Google it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I keep forgetting that. I think that was probably what it is. Every time it was one of those games that came out at the brand new release of a new console, but it was on the old console. But I liked it. That was a fun game, uh, and I would like to own a copy, but I just I just am not going to spend that much money on it.
0: Right. And going back to Russ, remember that Atari 2600, Air Raid. Air Raid with the T-shaped handle, oh, yes. the blue cartridge, can go for fourteen dollars
3: to $33,000. That's a hell of a price difference. Right. Well, was it, it
0: was it
1: Atari? It, didn't Atari the one that threw out that had the giant uh, cartridge graveyard of unreleased games?
0: The yeah, E.T. E-T. A, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And I guess people have said that that's not the first time that they've done that. They just buried cartridges. So if you get a copy of
2: one of these buried games, they're worth a lot of money. You're stealing my thunder for maybe a a future episode with the E.T. business. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, definitely. There's actually uh, one of the biggest things with that was that there was literally mounds of uh, because so many people hated E.T. so badly. There were mounds of that game uh, in the trash heap. There was a news story back in the day about it. It was pretty crazy.
3: Yeah, we got it. And it was Utter garbage. I mean, we went and watched it to drive in. We were all happy. Oh my god, ET is so amazing! I want the game. We got the game. This game sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really bad. You couldn't tell the difference between ET's head and the Reese's pieces. Yeah,
0: I've seen <laughs> game footage of that game. I don't I don't think I ever played it on the Atari back in the day. But yeah, looked, and It didn't make any sense. Like you're collecting. I think collecting pieces of the phone. Yep, you're, you're collecting.
3: Yeah, you're collecting the different pieces of uh, Umbrella and the Telephone and the, uh, oh, I can't think of that one piece. And, you know, you go through the the forest level. Speaking spell, yeah. Uh, So you go through the forest level, which is like three trees on a screen uh, that you can't tell what the hell they are. Then you go to the next level, which is like a street. You can't tell between the trees and the houses because it looked the same. It was just so bad. And, and on
2: I, certain levels, they were missing certain pieces, so you yes, could never were. get through the level. Like yep. you'd have to restart the game, and you didn't get to, you didn't have to restart the game from the level. You had to restart the game
3: entirely. Yep, that's right. Yeah that uh, that is the definition of uh, crap. <laughs> really, just awful.
1: Right. So that's, that's hard to, it, it's hard to, I guess it's hard to put a price on nostalgia because to some people, a game's worth it. To some, it's not. I can understand yeah. the rarity of a game, uh, factoring into its price. But I mean, for the most part, we all had a lot of these games. I look at some of these games when I go into like Game World and I'm like, man, I had a copy of that. I could have had 30 dollars or I could have had 50 or 60 or 80 or eBayed this thing or something, you know. Uh-huh. I'm, I you know, you go in there now and look at things like uh what was the uh what was the Xbox game that had the blue gun? What was that that time?
3: Oh, Enforcers.
1: Yeah, the Enforcers. And you go in there and look and that things like anywhere from 50 to 150 bucks depending on the the quality of it, you know, and I'm just like, man, I remember having that game and trading <laughs> all that crap in <laughs> for another game, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah. How much and- of
1: this stuff did we throw away or get rid of?
3: Oh yeah, just you know, just imagine if you were to, if you were to have kept every game. You look on your shelf right now. How many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars you would have in value sitting there? Now, granted, what you could sell it for, you, know, you may not quite get that much. But uh, people that are buying it though, ooh, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of nostalgic games and. Yeah, especially that. You know, there's a lot of games that I know I own. You know, especially what you said, Patrick, when you go into that game world and you see those games sitting on the shelf for like $50, 60 100 $200, you're like, I own that. I used to, anyway. <laughs> we remember buying it at, you know, Toys R Us when you used to grab the slips out of the little packs and take it back to the back counter where they get the game for you, yeah. you know. Or, uh, you know, EB Games or software etc babbages you know all those yeah. companies that are not around anymore
1: right yeah it's 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 crazy to think about how much money that we have had i mean basically considering from the atari uh i've had pretty much every console at least one copy of it in my life uh you know everything from the neo geo all the way up you know i mean i had sega saturn sega cd's all the segas i i had all that stuff i had the nintendos and even some of the, you know, all the all the different consoles I've had over the years, and I think, man, if I would have just kept those, how much they'd be worth now? Because now I want to buy a Sega CD, and I'm looking at 150 to 300 dollars, depending on if I can get what what version of it I can get. You know, whether I get the the version with the tray or the version without the tray for holding the Sega and stuff like that. You know, I I it's just insane to think about that now. Uh, if I would just held on to a copy of it, but it's like everything else in life. We get on the topic of like old toys, and I remember having lots of old Ninja Turtles and stuff <laughs> like that. That you look online now, and you're like, that thing is worth how much? Oh yeah. I used to throw that thing out in the yard and light firecrackers on it, or, or you know, or throw it in the pool or something, you know, and and or just all of them. I still had that were in really good condition. That at some point in my my life, my grandma or my mom got tired of stepping on them or stepping over them and threw them away or did whatever they did with
3: them. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I gave my uh, son some old transformers that we found when we moved into this house, and and it's like, oh my god, I remember this. So I spent four hours showing him how to play with it. <laughs>
0: not to probably play with. worth five hundred dollars <laughs> <Right>? or something. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, don't play with that. Don't transform it. Yeah. Oh, it's still mint in the box.
1: Don't take it out of the box. <laughs> but yeah, that seems to be a lot of it too. You can find unopened copies, which. I don't know who in their right mind back in the day was buying copies of this stuff and never opening it because I, I I didn't have that willpower as a kid. Can you imagine being handed uh, Super Mario Mario sixty four and told not to open it?
3: Oh god, right. yeah. Yeah,
0: the, yeah, I mean a lot Star of Star Wars
3: people, toys. You know, people that don't open them—it's it, ridiculous.
0: Right, and the people that don't open them are, you know, adults of our age around that time. Right. And they're like, this is going to be worth something one day. But when you're a kid, you know, when we grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know, that was a general time uh, of our growing up portion, even for you old folks. That was still a general time for your growing up. Um (laughs) You know, we opened those things. Yeah. You know, I remember getting, uh, you know, for Christmas, sealed copies of uh, Super Nintendo games because that was the console that was out at the time, right? You know, and uh, getting Final Fantasy three. And remember opening the box. You know, for me, I wasn't one to take out the stuff. You know, I, I would keep the cardboard insert and keep the even the, oh, what was that? <clears throat> the registration card that was in there. I would yeah. keep that stuff in there mm-hmm. because... I wanted it to be complete. But I didn't think about like it possibly being worth something when I grew older. It was, it just was. something that I wanted to be intact.
3: Yeah, it was worth thirty nine ninety nine to, you know, a ten year old kid. That's that's well, what it was worth.
1: <laughs> well that's gonna lead into kinda like how the future is going to look, how physical copies of things are more and more rare. Um oh, yes. but we we've talked about it, you know, a lot on our on our podcast here, but I don't buy physical copies of anything anymore. Uh, I go for the more of uh, the convenience anymore. I just buy games online. I wait for them to go on sale because, you know, a perfect example is a game that's $60 when it comes out. It will always be $60. They may put it on sale down to 40 or 50 at, like, GameStop or something, but as long as it's an unopened new copy, it's always going to be, like, 40 or 50 bucks. But I can get it on sale on Xbox or on sale for a Steam sale or something like that or PlayStation uh the ps store for you know 20 bucks but i'll never be able to buy a brand new copy of that game for 20 bucks unless unless that thing's collecting dust and they sold you the store to clean it out you know oh yeah you're never gonna get a copy of stuff like that so it's gonna i think it's gonna get more and more rare as i i would like to know what the market share is of digital versus physical copies of game anymore uh i mean playstation's about the only thing i buy physical copies of anymore and I don't keep them. I play the games, I beat them, and then I take them back to GameStop and trade them in for something else.
3: Yep. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I try not to do that myself anymore because of the fact that physical is becoming a rarity. I mean, Xbox, I can't remember the last time I bought a physical copy of an Xbox game. PlayStation, the exclusives, I will buy on disc every time because I don't play my PlayStation as much. I don't get the, you know, game share like I do with Xbox. So, you know, I'm going to trade it in and get something else. But I'm trying not to do that anymore because it is becoming so rare to have a physical copy right. uh, and, of a great game.
1: And you'll have to hold on to those older, like, PlayStations. I mean, I know PlayStations oh, yes. talking about doing backwards compatible for their next-gen console, but I think it's only PS5 PS4. and PS4. So, you know, it makes it a little bit harder. But with, like, Xbox, you know, you can their digital backwards compatibility library stuff is, is kind of a cool concept, but it goes back to the thing of it's digital. It's not physical. So I think yep. the physical copies of stuff is just going to get, they're going to start being worth more and more money because people like me who don't buy physical copies of stuff, which, you know, when I talk to myself and I say this out loud, my brain goes, you idiot, you should buy those physical copies <laughs> now because it's going to be worth some money. But my, my primitive modern, Man of Creature Comfort says, I'll just buy that through the digital store. I don't feel like going to GameStop, (laughs) you know? Yeah,
0: and because of that backwards compatibility Xbox has, you know, yeah, I only have, like, a handful of of physical Xbox games, Uh, Xbox One games, I should say. But as far as, like, PS4 games, I probably have over 50 physical copies of PS4 games. I have a whole shelf full of ps4 physical copies and some that i haven't even opened not just not because i want to keep them for nostalgia's sake or for possibly price in the future but just they haven't had time to play them you know they go on sale or whatever and i'll just pick them up for a cheap price and stick them on the shelf <clears throat> you know and i think that also lays into another part for me and, and for shane especially is that backwards compatibility part too that xbox has you know, we've gone out and since PlayStation really doesn't have that, they have PlayStation Now, but PlayStation Now is not really that great of a service. So for us, you know, we went out and bought PS3s and PS2s to play those, you know, PS2 can play PS1 games, so we don't need to buy a PS1. And so we use those particular consoles to play those games that were nostalgic for, for the PS3 and for PS2, but for Xbox you know since they do have that backwards compatibility it's like well I don't really need to go out and collect for Xbox games or Xbox 360 games or buy an Xbox or Xbox 360 console because of that backwards compatibility now one thing I would personally wouldn't mind buying is original Xbox because even though they do have that backwards compatibility they don't not not every single game on the original Xbox is backwards compatible so being able to go out and and play the original Xbox games. Now, there's a lot more 360 games that are backwards compatible on the One than there are original Xbox. Um, and I think it's probably going to stay that way, even in the future with the Series X, where a lot of, you know, probably well, all the One, all the Xbox One games are going to play on the X. But I think that you know, as far as the backwards compatibility team, they're probably going to add a lot more 360 games versus. Uh, original Xbox, and they might get a handful, a handful here and there throughout the year, but you're not going to see a ton of those come in as backwards compatibility. I don't think. Well,
1: I, I just want to know. I have my hands full with current gen games. When do you have time to? I can understand buying things for nostalgia and having a copy of it because it reminds you of something, or because you just want to be a collector. But to buy to play stuff that's old, I don't enjoy that for the most part, just because. I I will admit I'm a graphics snob, and when I look at, like, a Nintendo 64 game or something like that, I need to go run my eye to the iWatch station because it just, I'm like, my eyes hurt looking at that. So, you know, and part of it is, like, I'm so full up with current-gen games, I don't have time to play these old-school games. So I don't understand where all the time is that you guys get to just go back and play. Like, you just said you beat the Factsanity game again. I'm like, where would you get that
3: time at? Because I'd like some of it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a big problem with it is, you know, I've got, uh, I'm working on uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 again. And, you know, I played 10, 15 minutes at a time. If I'm lucky, I get to do it two, three times a week if I'm lucky. But I haven't been able to do that in two months.
1: Right. So, I mean, I get off work and I and it's everything I can do to get a couple hours to focus on, like, you know, the game I recently played was Wasteland. Or when I was playing Ghost of the Shima. I mean, I pumped a, I pumped like two to four hours of that game in a night, uh, you know, for two weeks to beat it. And, I, and then I turn around, and I'm like, Nick's over here playing Fat, uh, Fat Sanity and beating it and then talking about playing all these other retro games. I'm like, man, you, you beat these games and you still have time for other games.
3: <laughs> well, he doesn't really work, I don't think. I think he's pretending.
1: <laughs> I think Nick sleeps like one hour a day. He's found like that magic pill that we're all looking oh, for. Oh, yeah. If I didn't have to sleep. Oh my god, it would be retro game heaven, because then I could just be like, Okay, I'm gonna play a couple hours on my current game and then I'm gonna pull some of the stuff out of the old trunk, you know, and see what we got oh, hiding yeah. back there, you know? Uh I think that's what Nick. Nick just never sleeps.
0: Uh I you know, I sleep some, but the the, the <laughs> so. main thing for me is, you know, unlike you guys, I don't watch a lot of TV. Right. I don't watch, I don't want a lot uh watch a lot of TV and I don't watch a lot of movies. So that's not it for me, right? I mean, I can sit there and watch a movie or watch TV, and that's fine. But I'm—I'd rather be playing a video game. So, for me, it's—I I do have that time, right? So, if—if if for you guys that do watch a lot of movies and watch a lot of TV, and, and also play video games, you know, my time is spent playing video games twenty-four-seven, right? I'm not watching my TV; <laughs> hardly comes on for TV or movies. Um, I just don't have any interest in them. There are some movies that I like to see, but, you know, a perfect example is the, the, and, you know, I know it wasn't that, from what I've heard, it's not that great, but the The Last Star Wars, The Last Jedi, I think it was. Uh, the last Star Wars that came out, or Rise of Skywalker. That's <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> that just
1: explains it all, right there. So you not even need another word. Yeah. we all know we yeah. didn't see
0: it. I didn't see the last, Je- or the Rise of Skywalker. I watched the last Jedi. <laughs> but I didn't see the Rise of Skywalker, and I still haven't seen it. I do guess I want to watch it? Stories. Yes, I do. But you know, yeah. it's really when you know when I'm with you have my, nothing to play when I'm with my girlfriend, really. I mean that's it, you know, when I'm with her, she wants to watch, she's not a big gamer, so she wants to watch a movie and so we'll watch a movie, you know, and that's pretty much it. That's the time that I watch a movie. Other than that,
1: I guess yeah. that makes sense cuz you know, at night time, like I say, I you know, I get off work, make some dinner, come down here and start playing around 6 and I'll play till depending on how I feel, I'll play from, you know, 6 to 9 or 6 to 10 if I'm really interested in something, but usually I'll play a couple hours and I'll go hang out and watch Anime or some movie or some show or something. I'm just I, I guess I do do that, but that's like an hour or two out of my day. So I you know I guess outside of work is like five hours a, ga- a day that I put into gaming or some type of media interest. And then the weekends are my time to where I just I veg out on something like a video game. But yeah, even that I mean even if I were to cut out my it cut out you know my wind down of watching an anime episode or two or a show episode or two at night before bed, that's still only an extra hour a day. I still don't know if I can get in some retro gaming time. So I really do think Nick just never sleeps.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> all right. The one the other game I've been playing through besides the ones that we've been reviewing and playing and stuff is uh uh Dragon Quest uh eight on PS two. Uh, I never played through that game as a kid and I've always heard good things, so you know, I'm about right. probably halfway through it, maybe a third of the uh third yep. way through.
1: So, So, yeah, I mean, we got, you know, we got, there's just, it's just, yeah, if, if we're playing a game review, I spend a lot of my time trying to play that one just so I can give a good, a good honest opinion of it. Outside of that, I try to get in something that it's for personal pleasure, you know, but it's a little hard sometimes. So I, I, that's why I don't play a whole lot of retro. So, you know, price is usually an issue for me for retro gaming um, because I don't want to, if I want to play an emulator, fine, whatever, I'll, I'll load up an emulator and play that. But I would prefer to me. I would prefer to have that controller in my hand. I mentioned it before. Like the the best thing that I think the Nintendo currently has is their retro service, and you can buy the old school controllers that are exact size and all that stuff to play with. And that's what I want to do. So to me, retro gaming is more. It's, it's an astounding thing. So I want the controller. I don't want the emulator because I'm not play. I'm not playing those games for the wow. This game's amazing. It blows my mind. Because we're if we're all being honest, that's not true. You can pick up a game nowadays that, you know, you can fit that game inside of it probably a hundred times. So, you know, I pick up a game and if it's a nostalgia game, it's just for a little nostalgia. It's not to play, play through it again to remember the story or something like that for me. Because if that's what I want, if I want story immersion, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing like Ghost or, or something like that that's more modern. But I really only play through those games once. So, you know, the nostalgia thing for me is, uh, not as big as it is for like Nick. You know, I I do enjoy the nostalgia of the old school games and the retro games, but I just don't have the time or the money to invest in that stuff.
3: Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I I love old stuff and I like to squeeze my you know 10 15 minutes when I can. But yeah, it's just uh, there's just enough time in a day to do you know all the things I want to do and need to do. If you can only stop time
0: or turn back time. Oh, thank God. Who's going to sing? (laughs) Who's going to sing? I mean,
1: honestly, I I joke about it all the time. But if they made some pill to where I could take it, that was not like a drug or something, but something to where, uh, you know, I could only sleep that I could sleep for like an hour or two. And it was it it would basically tell my body that I've slept for eight hours without any negative side effects or anything like that. I would do it in a heartbeat. Because I can imagine staying up till four o'clock in the morning playing something and laying down at four and waking up at six and feel like I'd got like eight or ten hours of sleep, just feel completely refreshed. Uh, you know, I would, I would definitely be on board for that. What was that? That movie Limitless or whatever, where you had that, that, yeah. That's, that, yeah. If I could have something like that or Family Guy, where they took the pills where they didn't have to sleep.
3: Yeah, but that know? was uh, there was a pill. It's called Being Twenty. <laughs> when I was twenty, I could do that.
1: But I still sucked. If you stayed up all night and slept for two hours and got up and go to work, you still suffered a little bit. But it was – what I mean is that I want something that will tell my body that I slept for eight hours and it got the benefit of eight hours sleep in an hour or two, Um, like Family Guy where they didn't have to sleep anymore and Francine went and got uh, uh, – American Dad, excuse me, not Family Guy. It was American Dad where Francine and and Stan had got these pills from the CIA where he'd have to sleep and he could do all these hobbies and he's playing like – what was it, oh, Beat Bud yes. or something like that? Where he's something playing like beat, that, yeah. Where he's playing a beat, you know, and she went off and got this degree in archaeology or whatever. <laughs> Imagine how much more productive we'd all be. So I would have plenty of time for retro gaming, and I'd probably do a lot more gaming because I'd run out of things to play. Uh, but oh, yeah. as, as time stands right now, uh, I'm usually in bed around 11 to midnight, so I I don't have that much time. So I try not to... I, I I don't I can't do 15 minutes of a game and be satisfied because I get sucked in and then I'm next thing I know it's two or three hours later and I'm like crap I should have been in bed three hours ago and I gotta get up and go to work <laughs> so it, that's what I need I need something like that to where I don't have to sleep and then I can get more retro gaming in and then it may be a bigger hobby for me than it is now but retro gaming is is uh you know it's a bottom tier gaming for me because I have Xbox PlayStation Switch PC. And then I have my retro gaming, and it's pretty much in that order
0: for me. Yeah. yeah. I have to agree with that. I mean, I play more, I, I definitely play more modern day games, but I like to get my retro gaming in. And, you know, I, I just, <clears throat> it's not necessarily just the nostalgia part of it. It's, you know, a lot of these games, some of these games are games that I haven't played before and I really wanted to play back, even back in the day. And I finally get a time to play them now. Or, they are retro you know they are nostalgic games that i loved as a kid and i want to play them again and just kind of experiencing them again as an adult you know because i feel like i get more out of them that way than i did as a kid because maybe i didn't understand it you know or understand the story or understand what was going on so
3: yeah it's uh it's definitely different when you go back and you play that game like man i love this as a kid and you try it again it's like wow this was not good or uh what was it uh ducktales wow this was (laughs) so much harder than i remember
1: right yeah that's part of it too is is you what's the old there's an old adage about uh don't go back to your childhood nostalgia because it ruins it for you some of the games some a lot of things just don't hold up i remember i have great fondness of playing games that I will never play again because I don't want to be like, yeah, that game sucks. Because it to, to <laughs> cut to today's standards. It will. It is hard to live up to what we have to today. I mean, I loved Star Fox, but I guarantee you if I played again, I look at that thing and go, this is a polygonic piece of, you know, compared to what I today. <laughs> so I don't I try not to play stuff like that if I'm playing nostalgia games, a lot of times it's something that I don't really remember a whole lot about. I remember it being fun or maybe I just never got around to playing it and I want to play it again, or I want to play it for the first time. That's how I will. That's how I look at the nostalgia games. I don't want to play what I've already played. Cause I don't want to ruin my memory of it. Um, I want to have that as a, as a, a memory memento, if you will. Um, but the things that I will play that's retro are things I never got around to playing when I was younger.
0: Yeah, I agree. And so, you know, before we move on, does anybody else have anything retro-wise that they want to talk about, or anything else that we may have missed? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh,
3: think of uh, one game that you wished uh, from your retro days that you would love to see uh, a, a rehash, a remake—not a—not a slap on another coat of paint, but you know, a really nice redo
0: of. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it would be Faxanadu. I would love to see that game remade uh redone you know there's a lot of games that there there is a lot of games that I'd like to see redone and remade but that's definitely one cuz I am very mis- nostalgic for it and I enjoyed it as a kid so I'd like to see what they would do with that game uh or even Chican the Forever Man which was <laughs> on the Genesis which is a game that's really hard and I don't think I don't think a lot of people really liked it but I liked it i like to see that game remade. They were going to remake that game, actually, for the Dreamcast. I remember back in the day, they had EGM or GamePro or one of those. Uh, actually, had screenshots of them remaking that game for the Dreamcast, but it never came to be. So that sucks. But I would love to see one of those two games be remade.
3: What about you, Russ?
2: Jeez. Um, I mean, this kind of for you guys, I mean, Bread Show Gaming is kind of what you're... That's kind of y'all's shtick. I mean, for I'm kind of like Patrick in the sense of like, you know, once I played a game, I'm pretty much good. I mean, yeah, did I play Double Dribble? Back? Did I play those games? Yeah, that's really great. They they were a lot of fun, but I, I am a graphic snob as well. I mean, thinking about a game that I really enjoyed uh, previously that I would love to see again. Man, I, I tell you what, probably, probably something like I mean everything's pretty much been updated. I mean Mortal Kombat has been updated great. But there was uh, a couple old games on the on the three DO that I would love to see upgraded and well okay. So it would have really been nice to see them continue the original Gran Turismo set. It kinda changed as it as it progressed and it's not what it used to be. That original Gran Turismo on what is it, PS three? That was probably one of my favorite uh, racing games. But even before that, um, maybe a new coat of paint on a new Silent Hill. That was a lot of oh, fun. Yeah. But I know that they had one not not too old, but like the, something that's kind of like in the in the mold of the original Silent Hill. I mean, I don't think I slept for three weeks uh, playing that after playing <laughs> that game. So maybe that's something that would be really neat. Something that's really immersive um what was it hellblade most recently that was actually something in that kind of genre of like man i'm stressed playing this game the whole time but maybe (laughs) maybe something like that maybe something like that
3: oh yeah yeah Yeah, i would love to see some silent hill yeah me too all right what about you pat well
1: well mine's going to be a little tough i'm 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 really torn between two games that i would um that i would like to see being remade into something more modern. I don't want to uh, cup a coat of paint. Um, I would like to. So one of them is like I've, I've already mentioned. It's kind of one of my favorites from the Sega CD. Game. It's Rise of the Dragon. I remember playing that game back in the day in the '90s. You know, in on Sega CD, uh, it was very very gritty, uh, cyberpunkish. You kind of played a detective, tracking down like some drug, some drug dealers and stuff, and it had really cool scenes and interactions and stuff. And I remember it was like the first time I played, it was like, wow, I can do this. I remember going in the bathroom of a murder scene as you're a detective, and you walk into there, and there's some of the the drug that's on the the sink, and one of the options is you can take the drug, and it kills you. You know, you just I was just like, what? <laughs> you know, playing this game, and it has all these puzzles and interacts. So that was a really fun game for me. Uh, Rise of the Dragon. It was. Uh, I can't even remember who put it together, but it, it was like an action-adventure graphic games. Uh, but like I said, cyberpunkish. Uh I would also love to see Super Metroid redone. <laughs> I, I love that game, and I would like to see that one modernized. I'm talking like a real RPG, like third-person view RPG of Super Metroid. That would be kind of cool and interesting to me.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think they could do something really awesome with the right developer now. With all this technology that would be pretty cool
1: Right yeah so you know Something like that like the storyboard games they've Done like Rise of the Dragon they've done but they've Not done Rise of the Dragon so I would like to See that one but I would Probably lean more towards Super Metroid As a action adventure RPG game I'd like to see be Remade.
3: Alright yeah, Nintendo for sure. Listen <laughs> well, uh, for, for me I Would
0: <clears throat> I would Legend. probably go Legend of the Dragon Legend, or Dragon. Legend.
3: Legend of Dragoon is definitely uh, one I would love to see redone. Given all the, you know, bells, whistles, and love that the Final Fantasies have gotten, uh, Legend of Dragoon is one of the best RPGs on PlayStation. Period. Uh, there's not much that could really beat that in my book. I think it was better than Final Fantasy VII. Uh, not as good as eight, but I'm a snob for eight. Uh, but also, I'd like to see uh, D two for uh, Dreamcast redone, or you know, remade or something like that with updated visuals. If you never played it, it's a survival horror game in the realm of uh, Parasite Eve, not really Resident Evil, but uh, that would be fantastic. And just as a complete goof, I would love to see a new version of Sewer Shark. <laughs> Race around the tubes, and then you get the cool uh, FMVCs at the end.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome right now. And you should bring back the, the cringeworthy FMVs from the old days. Phantasmagoria
3: <laughs> oh, and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yes.
0: What's that haunted house
3: one where the girls are all camping out and you're murdering them all? Night Trap?
0: <laughs> yeah, Night Trap. Or Phantasma. Uh, yeah, all those or Sewer Shark, like you said, all those types of games that had the crappy FMV videos that were just hilarious. Hey, man, even, they were top notch in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, even Command Conquer had those, you know, back then. A, oh, lot yeah. of, a, lot of, a lot of, yeah, those are some great games. I would lo- love, to see a new Parasite Eve. You know, they don't necessarily need to remake the original, but I, I would love to see a new Parasite Eve that's that's like the original games. Um, that's a franchise that Square Enix definitely needs to bring back, and
3: not no PSP crap. We want a, a real, real game.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. A real game, not a PSP game. I played that one. It was, eh, it wasn't Parasite. <laughs> it was a, some shooter game that had the characters in it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <clears throat> I would rather see, you know, an actual. A remake or or just a, a Parasite Eve four that just follows the same, you know, because that game had action and RPG elements. Oh uh, yes. So, that would be a cool. It was a cool story and it was a it had cool characters and yeah, I love Parasite Eve or Dino Crisis. You know, another Dino Crisis would be awesome. Not the one that came yeah. out on the Xbox, but not Dino Crisis three. But Dino Crisis 1 or 2, just kind of remake that, you know, kind of like what they did with uh, Resident Evil. You know, why yeah. couldn't they make Dino Crisis 1 or 2 and give it the Resident Evil treatment? You know, the Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 3 treatment. That would be awesome to see.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember when they were advertising 3 for the Xbox, I'm like... That doesn't look like my uh, Dino Crisis. It was
0: it was Jason X. It was the Jason X of Dino Crisis. <laughs> <It> was Cyborg <laughs> Dinosaur. It was Jason in space, is what it was. Because um, <laughs> they had space dinos and stuff. And I was like, come on, man. Oh, yeah. You know, you can go back to the original. The original was good. But 1 and 2 were really good. You know, I have one on PS1. But... Yeah, they need to make something like that. So yeah. hopefully, Square Enix will go that way. I mean, they would—they did, did with Resident Evil, and Resident Evil did really well. So I mean, I'm hoping that will make the—you know—Square Enix look at their older catalog and say, "Hey, you know, what are these other older games that we could redo like this?" Because Resident Evil 2, especially, you know, poured in a ton of money for them. I mean, that was really popular, and everyone liked it. Resident Evil three, everyone liked two, but not as much as two. And Code Veronica. Or Code Veronica, yeah, that'd be awesome too. To see another Code Veronica come out. That was probably the best Resident Evil game. It's probably the best Resident Evil game to this date. Besides seven. Mmm. I don't know. And two. And one. (laughs) Not and four. Not five. Five was good co-op, though.
3: Yeah, five was good co-op. Yeah,
0: we did have a lot of fun playing co-op. Six is horrible. Six so... will
3: leave in the ashtray.
0: <laughs> zero was okay. Zero was okay. Yeah, zero was fine. Yeah. All, right. All right. All right. So I think we pretty much covered the retro game stuff. Uh, you know, Patrick, you were kind of coming in there. Did you have anything else to add?
1: Nope, not on the retro gaming stuff.
0: Okay. So I think it's time to introduce... Shane Grandpa's retro or <laughs> I'm sorry review or release my goodness.
1: Edit. Yeah, yeah. We're going into the second helping with Shane. Yes. Second helping. He's going to talk about what's currently coming out on what's currently out or what is right around the corner coming out for games. All
3: right. Is that the actual introduction?
1: Yes, Shane. Second okay. help. Second helping with Shane.
3: All right. This week we have Inertial Drift. Bacon switch. I bet you can't guess which system that one's for. Other side, Borderlands Three, Psycho King, DLC there. We got Hot Shots Racing, uh, Company of Heroes for the phone, which everybody should avoid. Uh, Bounty Battle Xbox, uh, The Outer Worlds, Peril on Gorgon, some DLC there. Party Hard Two. I never heard of Party Hard One. Sims 4, Necromunda, Underhive Wars. Don't have a clue. <laughs> really don't. RPG Maker MV, uh, Kingdoms of Amular: The Reckoning. Which I'm uh, excited to play that one. And that is it for the week.
1: Yeah, not a whole lot. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a lull, but I mean, we're getting yeah. into. I mean, you know, Kingdoms of Amular. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, uh, you know, what was the first one that you had mentioned? I, I had not even heard of that one.
3: The first one I mentioned was it, it Inertial Drift. It's for a racing game. Oh, huh. uh, Switch, Xbox, PS4, PC. Inertial Drift, huh? Uh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then that Sims uh, Four, that Star Wars that like Journey to Batuu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Sims Four <laughs> that came out was that Star Wars Journey to Batuu. Oh, um, Lord. Interesting, for Sims. Huh. Yeah, kind of a lull. I mean, Outer Worlds, Paragon, Gorgon. Outer Worlds is a good game. I heard that the uh, that one wasn't doing so hot. Uh, didn't get as good a review as the original Outer Worlds, but you know, it's well, DLC, so
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, you did see that uh, they moved up the uh, date for Assassin's Creed Valhalla to uh, match the console launches, hmm. so. There's going to be some changes, I think, uh, from now to the end of the year on, on game releases. Right, but I mean, uh, it's pretty narrow till till uh, we start uh, getting some new consoles dropped in.
1: Yep, I think uh, I think everybody's gonna have to play The Sims Four, Star Wars Journey to Batuu.
3: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the cyberpunk
0: to, coming? The nineteenth uh, of November. Yep. Uh, you okay so that's after the xbox releases yep. then
1: that'll be my first that will probably honestly be my first next gen console game well cool i think you know not a whole lot of games coming out so not a whole lot to talk about on that front you know nothing big or or anything like that you know that's that's coming out this week so you know i guess i don't have anything else to discuss for this topic or these currently out games does anybody else have anything they want to add All right. Well, we enjoy you guys listening to our our episode, and we will catch you on the next episode.